0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm, I'm I just want to trouble you. Can you just stand with me for a moment? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we just come before you now and give you thanks. Lord, thank you, Jesus, that in a place where you knew it wouldn't be accepted openly and freely, you got up and you said this very passage And you pronounced and proclaimed that this scripture is being fulfilled in your ears. Hallelujah. So thank you, Lord, that the preaching of your gospel has brought us peace, has given us joy for mourning, beauty for ashes. And so, Lord, I pray now that as we are gathered together and as you reveal your word to us, we will receive. So, Lord, please, Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to receive. Your truth that is able to transform. Lord, there are many in this room and many watching or listening over the internet. Lord, truth, your truth. We want to know what is real. And Lord, only that can give us freedom. Only that can break the chains that the enemy seeks to keep us bound up with. Lord, we seek to be free. Free not to do as we please, but free, Father, to follow the purpose and plan that you've called us to. Hallelujah. Thank you for this freedom, Lord. And thank you for the revelation of your word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So last week, and it's been on my mind, my, my heart, your hearts, a lot of folks' hearts. Uh, and the, the, the major crux of the message last week was uh, reverence. So we're going to begin kind of where we left off last week, fear and reverence of the Lord. Hebrews 12, 28 and 29, if you'll remember. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. My brothers and sisters, this is specific. It's very, very specific and very pointed. And I believe that again, as I mentioned to you, I think at least two, three weeks now, I believe and I think many of you in this room and many of you not in this room agree, the church has lost this. The, the, the church, the modern day church, certainly in this culture and maybe in other countries, we lost the fear and reverence for God. Amen? And I want to make sure, my brothers and sisters, that in this house, in this house, and in this house, That's not the case. Amen? So now let's go back to Malachi, one of the other foundational scriptures from last week. Uh, um, Chapter 1, beginning verse 6. As a son honors his father, and a servant his master, if then I am the father, where is my honor? And if I am master, where is my reverence? Says the Lord of hosts to you, priests who despise my name, yet you say, in what way have we despised your name? You offer defiled food on my altar. My brothers and sisters, we know that specifically he's speaking to that, what they did. What they did was they allowed the people to bring those offerings and they wouldn't give the very best. They would give something that was lame, something that, my brothers and sisters, that they really didn't want. Something, are are you there? Something that was less than perfect. Something that was less than the standard that God required. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, I, 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 as we continue to go further in this, we'll see, and it says that, that the, the priests, and, and look what it says, you priests who despised my name. You see what, what's happening here? What God is actually saying is, because you didn't pay reverence, because you didn't honor me properly, God is taking that as you despise him. Yeah, but I don't despise him. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter your point of view in this matter. What matters is God's point of view in this matter. And what God is saying is when you offer unacceptable sacrifices to Him, you're showing Him that you despise Him. Pretty harsh, huh? Not my word. His. And I, Lord, I, for me, this, this is for me, as, as well as for you, as well as for you, this is for me. Less than my best toward Him, He takes that as I despise Him. That's it's, it's, it's an insult to him, Amen. but we've been so conditioned in the culture, we've been so conditioned in our homes, in our families, wherever that you know just a good solid effort is good enough, not according to his word. Amen, Amen. so look. We could just take this as it's, it's about the priests, so we'll go further now into the next chapter of Malachi, chapter 2, beginning verse 1. And now, O oh priests, this commandment is for you. If you will not hear, if you will not take it to heart to give glory to my name, says the Lord of hosts, I will send a curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings. Yes, I have cursed them already, because you do not take it to heart brothers and sisters, I can, can go on in Malachi. I mean, if you read, I read all of Malachi again yesterday, and I've read the first and second chapter again, repeated, repeatedly. And it, it's, it, it's important. And it speaks to the priests about even compromising how they're running their church, for lack of a better term, so that put it in modern terms. It even criticizes that you prefer people. You, you're, you're, not, you're not preaching. The people are coming to you so that the commandments, so that the truth can be preached. And you're not preaching it. You're not teaching it. Sound familiar? My gosh. Do, do you, this, this impacts me. It impacts us. It impacts we. But he's giving a warning to the priests. He's giving a warning to those who he's giving his word. Those who have the commandments and those who have been tasked with the responsibility of teaching truth. Isn't that right? D- isn't that plain? Now, many of you have, have read Malachi, and, and in fact, many of you in this room have read Malachi more than once. But my brothers and sisters, this is very specific. This is very specific. We said, well, man, I'm glad. In the New Testament, it tells us that don't be in such a hurry to occupy an office. Don't be in such a hurry to be teachers. There's a higher standard that's, that you're held to. Right? And, and that's, that's why. But we all do have purpose. We all do have gifts and callings of God. We're all supposed to be doing something for God. Amen? We all are to be His witnesses. We all are to be making disciples. Again, I'm going to repeat this because I've got to be honest with you. It's on my mind and on my heart, and I believe that it's, it bears repeating. Again, my job is not to go out there and bring them in. My job is for you, to, to teach you and to equip you so that you're going out there and bringing them in. I got one amen. I got a lot of head nods, but I got one amen. My brothers and sisters, it's your job to bring them into the kingdom, into this church. Sure, absolutely. Hallelujah. But more, his church, your job is to bring people into the body of Christ. Amen? Okay. So now we're going to jump a little bit ahead because I know what you're thinking. Whew. Glad I'm not a priest. I'm glad I don't have the office. Not so fast. First Peter, chapter 2. And many of you knew I would be going here. <laughs> Therefore, verse 1, Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. I, I, let me pause here for a moment. I want to say this, and I hope it's nobody in this room, but I've I, I got to be honest with you. I, I can't say that with all confidence. And I hope it's nobody watching, but I know that that's not going to... I can't say it with all confidence. Listen, there are many of us that think that we're born again, that we're saved because we made a confession, but we have never been transformed. We've never had that experience where we truly became born again. Where we truly went to the foot of the cross, acknowledged that I need to go a different way, and then went that way. We went to the foot of the cross, we prayed a prayer believing because we were told that we pray this prayer and Jesus comes into our life and into our heart and we're saved. And that's partially true. But the reason that we go to the foot of the cross is because the gospel has been preached. The picture of Jesus dying for our sins and then us realizing we're falling short. All of us. We fall short and we can never earn heaven. So we have to depend on the sacrifice that Jesus made. And we see Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We see Jesus we see the life that He led. We, we understand a little bit, not ultimately. I mean, I say ultimately, yes, but when we go to the foot of the cross, when I went to the foot of the cross, did I understand totally? No, I didn't. What I did understand, though, was there was a message that was being preached out of a Bible, and that message was applying to me. And I knew that I wasn't right with God. Although I thought I knew God, I only knew of God. And I wanted to, and then what little I did, because my parents raised me morally upright. They They tried to raise me in a church or have some idea based on what they knew of God. And so that I had this idea that there was a God. But until I saw and heard, and until that minister got up there and started applying this scripture to my life, and I knew I'm falling short here, I need to change. But even in that, my brothers and sisters, when I stood at the foot, of, or more, more um, accurately, when I knelt at the foot of the cross, when I knelt there and prayed the prayer, I still didn't understand totally what was going on. I still didn't understand totally what the power of that blood meant. I still didn't even know the scripture that said without the shedding of blood, there could be no remission of sin. Did you hear me? Was I saved? Yes. According to what I knew in that moment and according to what I said and what my intention were in that moment, I'm going to live for you, Jesus. But then I had to learn how to live for him. Excuse me while I adjust this. Okay. Then, my brothers and sisters, it was my responsibility. I don't know why I'm saying this. Maybe there's somebody new. Maybe, excuse me again. Maybe there's somebody new. Maybe, I, I, I don't know. But my brothers and sisters, listen, this is where I received Jesus. Yes, I did receive Jesus when I went to the cross and I accepted the sacrifice, understanding that I stunk on ice and I, I was in need of redemption. And what he did was he coupled me with God the Father. He coupled me with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I was coupled in that moment and now all of a sudden, I was able to begin to understand what he was speaking. Are, are you with me? Why, why am I saying all this? I, 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 I don't know. I, I'm just going to trust him. See, my brothers and sisters, I don't think, I don't think many, let me say it better, I think that many in the church, in the modern church, whether it's here in America or wherever, I just am familiar more so with what's happening in our culture, don't understand the grace of God. They understand the grace of God is everything He's doing and everything I'm not doing. When that's, nothing can be further from the truth. The grace of God is everything He's doing in me and through me. Hallelujah. But I have to allow it. I have to give myself to it. So when I see a statement that Peter's making here, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, this ministers to me. How many in my congregation, or how many under the sound of my voice, how many that came in and out of here understand truly what the grace of God is? And have we really experienced that grace of God? I want to tell you something, my brothers and sisters. Young brothers, old brothers, new to the faith, old to the faith. If you went to the foot of the cross and you knew that I stink on ice and I'm in need of this Savior, and you said, Jesus, even though I don't deserve it, even though I may be the, the worst sinner on the face of the earth, you've died for me. And I want to receive what you have. I, I want to be accepted and I want. I want to follow you now if you meant that with your heart and you confess that with your mouth, you're saved. And you understand the grace of God. Even if it's this much, that is the grace of God at work in your life. Can you, can you, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So again, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, coming to Him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious... You also, living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. Uh oh. Uh oh. Who does Malachi? Who does that apply to? Priests. Who are you? the priest. Hallelujah. To offer up spiritual sacrifices, spiritual sacrifices. See, our priesthood doesn't mean that me and Michelle are going to go home and we're going to have a service in our backyard today and we're going to cut the, the throat of a sheep or whatever. And No, we're not going to do that. We're not going to wave our first fruits. I've got blackberries in the yard. I'm not going to wave those up in the air. Come on. Now, I'm not trying to be silly. I'm trying to paint a picture for you. See, the sacrifices that we offer are spiritual. And even in the Old Testament, even the law, that all pointed to the spiritual sacrifice. First of Christ. The first fruits. And then what we offer, amen? The fruit of our lips. To offer up spiritual sacrifice to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay his eye on a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble being disobedient to the word. They stumble how? Being disobedient to the word to which they were also appointed. Now this is speaking of when Jesus, now remember, when Jesus was ministering and preaching, the people that were harshest and the people that really had him killed were those who were the, the religious leaders the ones who were trying to teach and preach and right and rule the people because with the theocracy, right? Amen. Under Rome, that's what they were. Amen. And they rejected him. Hallelujah. That's what that speaks of. Verse 9, look at it with me. But you are a chosen generation. Say it with me. A royal priesthood. Do you see that? You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Who once were not a people, but now are the people of God. Who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Pastor Tony, tell me something I didn't know a degree i think most of us in this room i know we've heard it from this pulpit before if you've been here any length of time but i know even also you didn't need to hear from this pulpit some of you have already studied you already know most of this but my brothers and sisters if this were the case if we were carrying this out the, the spirit of the lord would be moving so more, much more powerfully among, we wouldn't be able to we wouldn't have enough room in this place to contain the people that would follow you in and that, listen, I'm not saying to you, anybody in here, I don't want to be taken out of context here, uh, you know, anything that, um, you know, you, you all are sinner dogs, you all are, no, we all need to examine ourselves and see where we are in our season with Christ. See, our, see where we are in our growth. Did we really start at the foot of the cross? Listen, have we really received grace fully? Have we re- do we really understand what it is that we did when we went to the foot of the cross? When we made the profession of faith you know, were we just, were, was it head knowledge? And did we mean it sincerely, but not really understand it? So, so I, I got to go back to you. N- my brothers and sisters, listen. When we fear and worship God with that fear and reverence, something happens. Always does. It always does. Yeah, my brothers and sisters, look at this. We're the priests of God, and look at the warning that he gives. And look at what he says. He, remember what he said in Malachi. You know, the sacrifices that you're making, they're telling me that you despise me. Right? Isn't that what he said? Didn't we read that together a little while ago? Do I need to put it back up? Don't make me. No. Do, do you understand? Right? D- they tell me that you despise me. Wow. Did, did, did you also remember what it said? It's not from your heart. And even the things that you're doing, you're just going through the motions. Hello? The things that I do, the things that you do, are we doing the, the good things that we know that we're supposed to... When we go and feed the homeless, are we just checking a box there? No, I know. And I see head shaking. Praise the Lord. And I know that's sincere. I, I, no, we don't. We're doing it because we're serving the Lord. But my brothers and sisters, some people understand that when you're doing work for the Lord, you're, you're, you're storing up some chits in heaven. And so when you go there, God's going to say, oh man, you did all this work. If it's not from a sincere heart, don't do it. Amen. Right? If you're not doing things because He's God, listen, uh, uh, let me tell you this. If we do things because we, dis- we expect to get the favor of God, that cheapens everything. That means you think that God could be bought. No, God can't be bought. He bought you. And that's what we have to understand and realize that, listen, He owns me. And it's my honor to serve Him. He's God. I'm not. I know that shocks some of you, but no, He's God. Amen? Do you understand that? Listen, everything has to begin right there. He's God. I'm not, and many of us in this room will say yes and amen. Hallelujah. But let me ask you something. When you say yes and amen, is that really what your heart is? Because if it is in your heart, and if that's truly your heart, when you go out there and you live, it'll show. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. A lot of amens. I praise the Lord. So look at 1 Corinthians with, with me. Because now remember, you're the priest of God. You're the priest of God. But look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Do you not know that you are the temple of God? So you're the priest and you're the temple. And the Spirit of God dwells in you. If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Hallelujah. Now, we've, we've been studying 1 Corinthians together, and so there are many other things that the Apostle by the Holy Spirit is saying to this church, and, and certainly about being his temple. But my brothers and sisters, you individually are the temple of God. The Holy Spirit dwells in you. We together are, building, are the temple of God, this church, right? Individually, you are a priest and you are his temple. And see, I think that the Lord is showing us these things because he's, he, the Lord knows that we know what the Scriptures say. Remember, when these uh, priests of God, when these apostles and these disciples were preaching, even Jesus, when they were referring to Scriptures, they were referring to the law and to the prophets. So when they talked about the temple, they knew exactly what it meant. W- what did it mean? That's the place where God was. That represented, Listen. that was a representation of the presence of God. Amen? Amen. That was God's dwelling place. So now it's saying, look it, you're the temple. You are the dwelling place of God. So now just as they looked at the temple as being that place where God was, it was a holy place, it was a place, come on, come on. And so we know how important it is. How do we know? Jesus went to the temple twice. The beginning of his ministry, no, he went to the temple a lot more than twice. But there were two times that it's recorded where he did something. The first time he went, that, that was recorded when he cleaned it out. Remember that? He whipped out all of the folks, all of the money changers, all of the business people, all of the ones who were merchandising the worship of God. Yep. Sound familiar? Yes. Then at the end of his, his ministry, same thing. He went out there and cleaned out the temple. My brothers and sisters, you are the temple. And that's, many times when we refer to those scriptures, that brings me joy. Not joy that people got whipped. Not joy that there were people so misguided and so misled that they thought that that was a good thing to do. No, it brings me joy that Jesus, the same zeal that he showed for that temple is the same zeal, if not more, that he has for you. That's an awesome thing. But look what it says daddy thank you uh, in seventeen if anyone defiles the temple of God God will destroy him you know what if you, you you I know you guys that word defiles and destroy both of those words are translated from the same Greek word so they're synonymous you could say that but also synonymous waste ruin corrupt those are words that uh, are synonyms for those two words so let's let's Speak well now. If I'm a priest, I'm a preacher, I'm a leader in the church, I'm a teacher. What this is saying is if I'm doing anything, teaching anything, right? That defiles the temple which you are. If I'm doing anything to mislead you, I'm saying untruths, I'm requiring certain things or I'm saying something anything that's not right, that's false, that's a, I'll be destroyed. I'll be destroyed. Plain English. No, (laughs) plain Greek. (laughs) Translated to English. But do you understand? That's how serious God takes this. So, do I reverence God? You betcha. Do I fear God? Yes, I do. In a good way. In a good way. And so should you. The same would apply to you. If you fashion yourself to be someone's... And you, you're supposed to disciple people. So if you're helping to disciple people and you start saying things that aren't true, that aren't be careful. Don't think that you're something that you're not. Go with what the Holy Spirit gives you. If you get asked a question that you don't know the answer to, don't be ashamed. I haven't gotten there yet. I'm still studying. But I'll find out for you. And then go to an older, an elder brother, not older in age, but maybe an elder of the church if you need help. Study it yourself. Maybe that's God saying something to you. Maybe God is saying, He wants you to know that. So you devote and dedicate yourself to studying that. Well, come on. Hallelujah. Boy, you're so, so solemn. This is a solemn assembly this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. No, but do you understand? It could be something that way. God may be speaking to you through that person. You have a question that was asked of you and you feel a little bit embarrassed because you don't know the answer. Has that ever happened to anybody? Mm-hmm. Let me ask you. You could, you could stay embarrassed or try to make something up or whatever or you could just be honest. I, not, not right there yet. I think it might be this or whatever but please don't take my word for it. I need to study that a little deeper. Did that make you more determined to study? Yeah. Yeah there were things that i knew but even asked questions and, and i gave the answer but then made sure that i followed up because if there was just any shadow of any little dis- man i made sure let me let me double check that let me look that up i've i've said to people before this is what, especially some of these doctrinal issues as it relates to you know spiritual gifts and the manifestations of the spirit there's always you know People want to talk about the Trinity thing and all you know, everybody wants to talk about some of these things. So I always make sure that I have scripture, and then sometimes you say something and you want to make sure. I make sure. Come on. You're the temple, and God will destroy this. Is how serious God Amen. Amen. I've got somebody saying hallelujah over there with me. Amen. This is the look, you are his temple, you are his priest. And we see, my brothers and sisters, if you for the temple of God is holy. Already put that back up for me. The temple of God is holy. Whose temple you are? Holy, sacred, set apart, sanctified. Amen? You 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 understand what holy means? Blameless. You're consecrated. Ceremonially, washed. You've been washed. Right? And you've been washed not just so that you can go to heaven. You've been washed. You've been consecrated to be His priest, to be His temple. Does, is anybody here and that me this morning? Amen? Amen. You've been washed. You're pure, morally blameless. Morally blameless. If you're sleeping with somebody you're not married to, you are not holy. And you can try to justify it any old way you want to. You can't. If you are, listen, I'm going to tell you, I, I, I don't want to stand here and name all of these things. You can read them. Galatians, I mean, Romans, I mean, all of these, they just flat out say to you, and most of the time, my brothers and sisters, has everything to do with lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. So, so my brothers and sisters, look, anything that we're doing that, that in our heart we know it's wrong, but we do it or we try to justify it, you are not morally blameless, but you're called to be that. Amen? So that's, that's what we're working toward. Lord, you make me holy. Lord, you give me the ability to walk in this. Now help me to walk in this. And if I still have to choose, but I can't say, well, I can't help it. No, you can't, but he can. If you listen, if you will listen to him, if you will follow, you can't help it, but he can. Amen. Isn't that awesome? That's our God. That's our God. So watch. You're the temple of God. You're the priest. You're a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, set apart, consecrated. When I look at, and I, 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 I want to give explanation, so I need to understand myself. I remember in Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, chapter 5. Don't turn there. Mark it down. Look it up later. We all kind of, those of us who have, been in the, in the Bible for any min- amount of time we understand. King David's heart was he wanted to build a temple. He didn't think it was right that he lived in a palace and the Lord, the Ark of the Covenant was in a tent, the tabernacle, right? So his heart was, and he, he had a design in mind and he had all the material, but God told him, you've, you've, you're, you're, my, you're my warrior king. You've spilled blood. Uh, you're not going to do it, but your son will. Remember? And so Solomon did it. And do you remember now in in 2nd Chronicles chapter 5 it's also in Kings but in 2nd Chronicles chapter 5 it says that Solomon they they had the they had it built they had everything done and now they're bringing the ark of the covenant from the tabernacle from the tent and they're going to put it in the most holy place in the temple. So he had all of the elders of Israel all of the priests you know anybody that was somebody they all were there when that thing was ushered in and when they were and when they put the uh, Holy of Holies in the tabernacle, they, they blew the trumpets and they sang. And it says, when they were all one, the, magi- mu- the, the musicians and the singers, when they were all one, the cloud, the presence of God, filled the place with a cloud. The manifest presence of God was there. And they, could- they fell out. The presence of God was so strong. The presence of God was so real that they couldn't even do anything anymore. They just fell out my brothers and my sisters, this is what the presence of God is supposed to be. We're supposed to feel, we're supposed to understand the presence of God. We're supposed to experience the presence of God and have something supernatural happen to us in our lives. It has to. It can't be natural. If it's natural, it's not God. So I want... So, listen, that doesn't mean that I'm, uh, I'm going to go... I'm not, yeah, I can start naming things here. I'm not going to run to this church or that church because, the, oh, man, uh, did you see that? The, the uh, statue was crying or you know, they were breaking out with holy laughter and I'm going to run over there because I want to experience... No. No. You know what it could be? It could be something this simple. You get in your closet... And you get on your face before God and you say, God, I've been asking for you th- this of you for a long time. Tell me, what, what do I need to do? Lord, I want to be in your presence. That's all. D- you know, forget what I want. Forget all of the goodies. Forget all of the, the things that I've asked you for. I just want you. Lord, show me your glory. How about, Lord, show me your glory. Moses. How about this? Moses is, be- Moses is speaking to God. Unlike anybody before him, he, God, I speak to him face to face like a man. Although he didn't speak to him, right, he spoke out of things. God is a Spirit. But my brothers and sisters, look it. Here's what it says. When Israel sinned greatly, uh, time and time again, there was that one moment when God said, okay, listen, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to let you guys go into the promised land, but I'm not going to go with you. They, they, they just are... How many times Moses interceded for them? And God is saying, "You go ahead. I, I can't go with them anymore." What did Moses say? If you don't go, I don't go. Come on, do you do you feel that way about God? Is that is that? Do you long to be in His presence? Do you long to be side by side? Have God, the Spirit of God, with you? So, mate, that's all I want. I want more of you, God. I want more of you. So these folks under King Solomon, they get. And here's what they did. They did everything the right way. What do I mean by that? They didn't move that uh, Ark of the Covenant according to how they felt. They did it according to what God commanded. They moved the Ark of the Covenant according to the way the Levites had to do it. They had to use the Pauls. They, They did everything the way God commanded. And they treated that Ark as holy. They treated that Ark with reverence and fear hallelujah. Well, of course they did. They probably knew the story. Some of these guys were descendants. They absolutely knew what God did when someone touched it and they struck him dead. And it was, Well, yeah. So do you now. You know it too. And just because it happened thousands of years ago doesn't mean that God is different. God is the same. God is the same. God bless you. God is the same. He, has, he is that serious about being feared. He is that serious. Look at the New Testament. Look at all the stuff that we j- just read out of the New Testament. Look at what we read last week as it relates to Jesus. Because of his godly fear, because of his reverence of God, he was heard. It doesn't say because he was the Son of God. It says because of his godly fear, because of his reverence to the Father, he was heard. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen. They did everything correctly. Everything. And then, listen. So the presence of God was with the ark, right? Okay, so the presence of God is with the ark. The presence of God. God is with you every day. But there was something else that happened. What happened? They raised a praise, they raised a worship before the Lord in fear in reverence before the Lord. They bowed themselves and they raised a praise. They talked about, He is good. His mercy endures forever. And they're singing these from their hearts. And the manifest presence of God showed up. God showed up in a different way. God showed up in that cloud and that cloud was so heavy that they they, they were they couldn't do anything about it. They were flattened. That's the presence of God that I want to experience. I don't have to experience that to believe that He is God. I already know He is. I already know He is. I don't need that to strengthen my faith. I already know He's God. But what happens, my brothers and sisters, is when I walk in faith, when I act in faith, when I reverence Him, I'm going to get to see that. Hallelujah. And, and, And what was it? It was just an honest, sincere praise from the heart. In Acts chapter 4, we all know this. Remember Peter and John, they were arrested for healing that lame man at the gate beautiful, right? Remember that? They were held over. They were tried and and they were arrested, held over. And they're on trial. And, you know, that's when Peter... Now, remember, Peter was the one that denied Jesus three times for people that didn't even matter. Now he's standing before the same body that crucified Jesus. That same body that condemned Jesus. And he's and he's standing up to them. And so remember, these men wanted to kill these people. These men didn't want John and Peter, their fame to spread like Jesus' fa- fame had spread. They didn't want Jesus to continue to be preached. They didn't want the good news. They didn't want to create more Christians. Amen? So they threatened them. But they couldn't do anything other than give them a reprimand, a strong reprimand, and threaten them because there would have been a riot. Why? Because there's no question that that lame man was healed. Something happened and many people witnessed it. Yeah. I want to tell y'all something. No one, no one, no one can make me doubt Jesus. You know why? I've seen something. And there are people in this room and people watching. There's no one, no one, no one that can make you doubt Jesus. Why? You've had an experience with Him. Amen? Amen? Amen. And why, and, I'm, and who's going to make me cheap in that? Who's going to make me cheap in that? So my brothers and sisters, listen, if you haven't made, if you really, if you don't know that, if you haven't, you know, if you haven't experienced that powerful grace of God, then, then don't continue to fool yourself. Don't continue to just name the name of Christ and pray prayers and think that you're getting to the throne room. You're not. And I'm not saying that to... Con- to, to, to condemn you in any way or to, to find fault in you. I'm trying to help you. Listen to the Spirit of God. Listen to the Spirit of God. When you pray, you want to know that you know that He's hearing you. Jesus was heard because of His fear, because of His reverence for God. So my brothers and sisters, if you haven't had that experience, if you haven't gone to the altar and said, Lord, Lord I'm your follower now. I, you know, I've said it before, but I mean it. I want to follow you. Teach me, help me, guide me, lead me. I want. I surrender. Have you surrendered, or did you just go down and pray a prayer? I don't know why I'm here, folks. There's somebody in this room or someone watching. Have you surrendered truly, or did you just go down and have a mental salvation or pray a prayer? And think that it's okay. And then slightly modify your behavior and think that God is working in your life. Hallelujah. 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 God is speaking to you now. God loves you now. God wants to hear you now. God wants to bless you now. All you have to do is surrender. 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 What are you hanging on to? What in this world, what in this life is so much more important than the one who created everything, than the almighty, all-powerful God? Just ask yourself that. So the, we know what happened to Peter and John. They, they, couldn't, they couldn't do anything to him, so they had to release him. They just said, hey, you know, don't preach in his name anymore. Don't do anything in his name anymore. And Peter, again, I love Peter's chutzpah. He says, you tell me. I'm going to say Tony language. You tell me. Tell me. should we listen to you or should we listen to God? I think we got to listen to God. I'm just saying. So what's he saying? We're not going to stop preaching in that name. We're not going to stop doing things in that name. Amen? Amen. This is of God. We're doing it. And so we know what happened. When they left there, they went to their brothers and sisters who were probably all praying for them. There was probably a prayer vigil going on because they thought this was going to be it for Peter and John. And when they got there, they all prayed. They prayed together in one accord and they prayed, Thank you, Lord, that we're worthy enough to suffer for you. Thank you for allowing us, I should say, to suffer for you. Now give us boldness that we won't be ever afraid to speak your word. And what happened? The Holy Spirit came down. God manifests His presence to them and they were all filled and touched by Holy Spirit again. Hallelujah. I want that. Not just for me, for we. We need that. Amen. Our young people need to see that. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And not just see a wishy-washy, you know, when it's convenient kind of gospel. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I don't watch some of the things, I, I don't say some of the things, but I still have these other things going on, and you know, blah, blah. No, we need to, it needs to be real. Our children and our children's children need to see this. So they could see, this word is true. Look at the effect that it's having on them. The people that God has put in your atmosphere, they need to see it. This word is true. Look at the effect that it's having on that person. Hallelujah. How about this? Remember Paul and Silas? They were jailed for doing the work of God. They were jailed. And they weren't just thrown in prison. They were put in lockdown, brother. They were put in lockdown. They were thrown in the deepest, darkest, stinky place that they could be, and they were, they were in bonds. They were, they were shackled. And so at the midnight hour, the Bible says very specifically, at the midnight hour, they're singing praises to God. In the middle of that circumstance, oh, how could this happen? We were ministering the good work of God. We were preaching the gospel. We were bringing the gospel to these people. Uh, how, no. God, help us. No. They were praising and worshiping God. And right in the middle of that, God manifests His presence by His power, causes an earthquake, and all of the prison doors were opened up. The jailer thought that it was curtains for him. You know, he's responsible. If they escape, he was about ready to kill himself. And Paul, don't do yourself any harm. We are all here. My brothers and sisters, there was a manifest presence of God that happened. And they knew, the prisoners around them, knew what the difference was. They heard people singing and magnifying God in spirit and in truth. And in spirit and in truth, the manifest presence of God showed up. The power of God showed up. And it witnessed to all of those. So when their prison doors were open, they didn't go. Hallelujah! That's what happens in our lives. Man, if we can get a hold of that, and when when those bad things happen, and if I could just train my mouth to follow what's really deep in my heart, and just remember that He is still God. And this thing that I'm in right now is but for a moment. Yeah, but it hurts, and this and that, and they're calling me names, and they don't... They did it all to Jesus. He knows exactly how you feel. He's been through it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So in these negative circumstances, God shows up and it's because of these acceptable sacrifices that are made. Did you did you catch that? Come on. I just gave you three examples, right? Solomon? They're they're singing a praise unto the Lord and they're unified. Their hearts were unified. And the manifest presence of God showed up. The power of God showed up. Right? And the second one, right? Peter and John, they go to their companions and they're all praying sincere. How do I know it was sincere? How do I know everybody in that prayer circle was sincere? How do I know that? The Spirit Spirit showed up. God God showed up in mighty power. It wasn't... Nobody pushed anybody down. Nobody said, come out. No, nobody did that. No one had to do any of that. No one, say baby. No, no one did that. Who do we fake stuff? No one did it. All they did was honor and magnify God from their hearts. And God showed up. And He did something supernatural. Hallelujah. That's what I'm longing for, church. That's what you should be longing for. And that's what we should hope that our kids recognize. There's something different about this people. They don't just preach something. They believe it. They live it. And something's happening. Come on. And it ain't fake. Amen. <sighs> Hallelujah. So, so, so let me, do I have to be arrested? No, no. I believe I will. I, I probably will before I leave this earth. I really do that there's a strong possibility that I'll be arrested. I, I, I do. I hope I'm up for the task. I, I hope you'll pray for me if that happens. And I, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm not looking forward to it. But I think there's a chance, the way things are going right now, that I could be arrested for preaching. They're already doing it in Canada, folks. And I'm, and I'm, I'm not talking about something that's a conspiracy, may have happened. It's happening. They are arresting Christian ministers for preaching the gospel, for saying things like homosexuality is a sin. See, I could say that God loves a homosexual, and He does. And God died for them just as much as He died for me. I could say that, but that's not good enough. What I have to do is, listen, lower my reverence for God and His Word and say, well, you know, after all, God loves us all, and they're just, we're all God's children, and, you know, the, Jesus won't send anybody to hell. I can't say that because it's not true. Are you hearing me? Yes. So, right now, the truth, forget it. That's why I'm going to tell you again make sure you have a printed version of your Bible. It's going away. It's going away. So my brothers and sisters, listen, So sh- should I wait till I'm arrested, or should I wait till a major catastrophe happens? And then, listen, and then there's nothing else I can do? and then I'm longing for God to show up? No. No. Because listen, let, let's be honest here. those men, all of those people, to that point, they were serving God to that point. See, if I can't serve God in the good times, how am I going to serve him in the bad times? When my life depends on it? Well, Now, I've heard it said before, and I've heard some people, I'd rather, you know, I, I just be, you know, hey, uh, renounce Christ, or you get your head chopped off, and then it'll be over. And I've, I've heard people say st- st- stupid stuff like that. If it came down to a choice like that, yeah, maybe it would be easy. But see, it doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes it's going to be where you have to watch your children starve. Or you're going to have to jump through this hoop or that hoop. And how about our brothers and sisters in the Middle East and in North Africa, in China? Come on, what about all of those places where they torture them? Could I stand up to that? I'll guarantee you that unless you're worshiping and reverencing God, when it gets to that point, how are you going to stand for Him then? So, my, my message to you, my brothers and sisters, I think right now what the Holy Spirit would say through me is don't wait until it gets to that point. Amen. Right? Don't wait until you have that last straw, that last problem, that last issue and you've got nowhere to go and you got to have a miracle right now and now you're getting, yeah, should you go to God then? Absolutely you should. Absolutely you should. But my brothers and sisters, my brothers and sisters, will that be your first inclination and will that be your heart? Or is it just that, God, here, here. The people, remember when Jesus fed the 5,000 and then he ordered his disciples, he said, go to the other side of the lake, I'll, I'll meet you over there right? Tony language. I'm paraphrasing, of course, for time. I'll meet you over there. Remember when Jesus went over there, then in the morning, the people that were following him, they searched, they couldn't, they found him on the other side. And when they went to Jesus, they said to him, man, what happened? We were looking all over for you. What did Jesus say to them? You were looking for me because I fed you. You were looking for me for what you got from me. See, my brothers and sisters, if we're waiting for that last moment, if we're waiting for that circumstance, are we really reverencing God? Or are we just looking for Him now for what He's got? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I, I love you guys. And I'm saying this not because I'm, I'm mad at you or I think any of you are in sin and you're not following God properly. No, I'm saying this because I really felt... Feel the urge from God. I'm, I'm hearing this myself. I'm speaking to people all over the world right now. I'm speaking to you in this room right now. I'm speaking to me right now. No, no, no. God is speaking to us. It's time. It's time. Don't wait anymore. It's time. Okay? We need to reverence and fear God like never before. Pray. Ask God sincerely i want Lord, I want more of you I, maybe i 've made mistakes, Lord, but show me the way that I should go. How do I approach this? yeah maybe tony 's right teach me don't take me listen don't take my word for any of this. read, read, so what do I do what do, what does it look like if you know i 'm not in that last moment situation if i 'm the church, if I'm the temple, if, if I'm his temple, if I'm his priest, what do I do? Glad you asked. We, we mimic Jesus. Jesus went about Matthew 4. I'm going to fire some stuff off. Addison's not going to have any of this. It's not her fault. This is me. In, in uh, Matthew four twenty 24, uh, 4, 23 and 24 Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues preaching in the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people then his fame went throughout all Syria so what does that mean we're all supposed to go start teaching preaching and healing no can you yeah if God's called you to do that absolutely absolutely And and those of us who are studying Corinthians together, and we may have hit on it here a few times, God has gifted you, and God has given you something, and He's definitely determined a purpose and a plan for your life. And His purpose and plan for your life involves helping others. Guaranteed. How do I know that? He showed me. He showed me. But look at what it says here, that Jesus was doing all these things, and His fame spread. Know what we're supposed to be doing? Making Jesus famous that's what we're supposed to be doing. I'm not here like these celebrity preachers, although I probably could be. You know the let it be listen, let the record show the loudest laugh came from the front <laughs> row right here. No, but listen, I'm just making sure you're still listening but 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 hear me, okay it's not it's not that it's not. I'm not supposed to be famous. They're not supposed to be famous. Jesus is supposed to be famous. Now, as the closer we come to uh, the end, it's going to be more like infamous. And you know the difference, right? Infamous is you're known because of bad. And we are being labeled as bad. Okay? So His fame through you and through me may be to them negative, but to those who are being saved, it's hallelujah! Praise God! Hallelujah. For those who God has called, the infamy that you're spreading about Jesus is fame. Hallelujah. To those who are disobedient, to those who are evil, it's infamous. To those he's saving, it's fame. (laughs) Hallelujah. I'm glad we're recording this. Isn't that awesome stuff? You, you, you priest, you. You, you got a gift? You priest. You temple. You are to make Jesus famous. And don't worry about those who think that you're infamous. Don't don't worry about them. That proves that you're making Jesus famous. Hallelujah. Rejoice. Hallelujah. (laughs) I'm happy. Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome stuff? And, And seriously, that's what this is about. I'm not, I, listen, I, I was really good at uh, when I was younger and still to a degree at fighting my own battles. You know, if people say bad stuff about you, or pe- I always want to make sure, well, they know the good stuff. Or I defend myself or whatever. You know what? I'm starting to be less and less prone to that. I don't care. Amen. I don't care. Yeah. I just don't want to defame Jesus Thank you. to those that he's trying to save. I don't want to be a murmur or a complainer because there might be someone around me that he's trying to save. Come on. Come on. Are you is this resonating with anyone? Hallelujah. This is God is so good. Jesus went about, in Matthew 9, Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes was moved with compassion, he saw that the multitudes were moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion. Forgive me. He was moved with compassion. You know what compassion is? Compassion is you feel such sympathy so intensely that it moves you to do something about it. See, it's one thing to feel sorry for somebody because of their situation, but it's something different to feel sorry for them so intensely that you can't help but to do something about it. That's compassion. So, my brothers and sisters, let this mind that was in Christ Jesus also be in you. As he was in this world, as he is in this world, so are we. So he felt compassion because to them, because they were weary and scattered, and they were like sheep having no shepherd. That doesn't mean that you shepherd everybody. Well, what that does mean is for number one, I need to shepherd. But number two, my brothers and sisters, you are to be moved with compassion. You understand, you see people and you have sympathy for them and you have such compassion for them because Jesus is now inside of you and that's your worship, that's your priesthood, that's your temple. And now you're giving you're doing something about it and you may not have anything to give it may be just something like you come alongside of them and say, what can i help you with can i pray for you can i bring you to someone that i i, that I think can help you come on it, it, that's all it has to be could it be just something as simple as seeing somebody and just being nice i want to tell you honestly it can be You'll be surprised. I mean, I, I'm, I, as I'm getting older and as I'm pr- trying to practice this more and more, I'm surprised at the, the people that respond when I say just simple things. It's almost as if there are certain people that are waiting for someone to be kind. Can we do that with sincerity? Yeah. And we, can we do that? Because, listen, and then have Jesus, have God open up the door for us and maybe we get to experience actually witnessing to somebody? actually then maybe in inviting them to be part of the body of Christ? Could it be? Wow. How novel. That's what we're called to do. Isn't it? Amen. Ephesians 2.8. Just read it later. In chapter 2, beginning verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works lest anyone should boast, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Here is priest, here is temple. There are good works that God foreordained for you to walk in, for you to live out. Are you doing them? Or are you more about living out the plans and the purpose that you have for yourself? You don't belong to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, you saw I brought the elements here. I don't know, Steve, if, I don't know if we have enough here. I don't know if I may have messed up if you want to check and see in there. I'm trying to stay in the spirit here, but I, I want to make sure we have enough. Because I'm, gonna, I'm about to transition into something right now. And I believe, my brothers and sisters, that this is Holy Spirit. Just think about everything that God has had us through. The scriptures, the speaking, the nodding, the amens, the hallelujahs. So look at this scripture with me. Revelation. Chapter one, verse four. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from seven spirits, the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And what happened? He has made us kings and priests to God the Father. Do you see that? What does it say? He has made us kings and priests. Do you see that? How did he do that? He washed us. He consecrated us. He made us holy. He justified us. He reconciled us back to God through the shedding of His blood. And He's made you a priest. He's made you His temple. Hallelujah. He made us kings and priests to God, to His God and Father, to Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Is Jesus being glorified in our lives? Is Jesus being glorified in our lives? Do you reverence God to the extent that people understand that you're a representative of Jesus? Or is God being glorified in your life? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So my brothers and sisters, we're going to take communion in a moment. I'm going to read a scripture here. And I'm going to leave it up there. And I want you to pray and make sure that everything is right between you and, and God. Amen? Now, if you've never given your heart to the Lord, this, you have no part in this. And I don't mean that ugly. And for those of you who may be watching, if you want to do this with us, take the time now. Get juice, bread, whatever it is. Get it quick. This is important. Because this we do also in reverence and fear of God. This is a very spiritual moment. And if you really have given your heart and life to God and you are born again, and, and my brothers and sisters, only you know. I'm not going to ask you questions when you come up to get the elements. But I want to beg of you not to do it unworthily and not to do it without truly knowing that you were born again. So we'll give you some time. And I just want to say this. If you're not born again, you can be that before you leave here today. You can be that before you leave here today. You can be that before you switch off your computer. You can be that. Amen? Just acknowledge that there is such a righteous, holy, and just God, powerful, almighty, who clothes Himself in an approachable light. He is that separate, that distinct, that holy, that, and He is to be reverenced. And then, compared to him, I'm the dust that he made me out of. But because of him, I could be more than that. Because of him, I could be his son. Because of that, his love, he's displayed for me. He manifests his love in that he took a body, paid the price. For my sin paid the price so that I could be justified. I could be reconciled back to him. That as bad as disgusting as my sin was, he took it all on himself. You, you believe that? You receive it? And when you receive it, not just to say, okay, now I'm covered. No. I receive it and I receive you, Jesus. I want to be your disciple. I'm going to follow you. That could be you. Amen? Let's look at the scripture together. 1 Corinthians 6.19 Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Whom you have from God? And you are not your own. For you were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You were bought with a price. And I'm not trying to be gimmicky by putting that picture up there. No, I think we need to remember the price. The price. He did that for you. And if you were the only one to believe it, he still would have did it. But thank God you're not the only one. Amen? Amen. So now let's take a few moments. Go to him. Go to him. Make it right. Amen? As you're doing that, you can come up and serve yourself. And if you'd like to serve your neighbor, go ahead and do that as well. Make sure your neighbor knows you're doing it, though. great God and glorious Jesus in heaven, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to come before you as your children, as your people, as your priests. And Lord, forgive us for our shortcomings. Lord, in this moment, we truly are humbled by your holiness, humbled by how awesome you really are. And Lord, they're not words, but that's all I have at this moment. So I ask you to forgive us. Forgive us for the sins that we sinned by omission, the sins that we sinned by commission, the thoughts that we thought, the words that we said, the actions that we took, Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. And we ask, Lord Jesus, that you again forgive us, cover us with your blood. Again, Lord, thank you for taking the unjust, for taking the unrighteous, and allowing us to put on your righteousness. And Lord, that's what we do with this bread. We remember your body. We remember, Lord, because your body was broken for us, we could become the righteousness of God in you. So, Lord, we take this, we bless this bread. We ask you to bless this bread. And as we take it, we take it in reverence and fear of our Father God in heaven. Amen. Amen. Take and eat. So, Lord, as we take this cup, I can honestly recall when I first prayed a prayer toward you and I didn't understand totally that without the shedding of blood there could be no remission. I just knew you shed your blood for me. And now I fully understand why. So thank you, Lord, for washing away my sins with your own blood. Thank you, God, that you saw fit to show your love for me and for all those who call on you. So bless this cup, Lord, and allow us again to be refreshed and renewed in the cleanliness that your blood provides. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Can you please stand with me? And thank you, Steve, for your service. <laughs> I'm happy. I, I hope... I have such joy in my heart right now. I have such joy in my heart right now. I hope that you do too. Listen, even though I'm tearing... It's, it's joy... We're in the presence of Almighty God. So I want to ask you, we're going to pray. I, I can't leave right now. We've we got to pray. And you know what? We're in the presence of Almighty God. Everybody, look, don't... Let's, let's, let's be in the Spirit now. Let's, let's be in the Spirit. Let's get, we're in the presence of God. So lift up God, to God, what's due God. Lord, we magnify your holy name. Lord, there are so many things right now that anybody in this room or anyone watching can ask you for. Things that we want or things that we think we need. But Lord, in this moment, receive our praise. We lift up a praise to you. You are good. Lord, you are so good. Lord, we don't deserve you, but your mercy endures. Hallelujah. Lord, thank you for being merciful to us. Lord, thank you that you not only loved us, but you did something about it. And Lord, please, in the days ahead, I will ask you, Lord, fill us, touch us fresh and new, that we may be totally equipped for the work that you've called us to. Lord, thank you for allowing us to serve you, our master, our king. Awesome God. Awesome God. Awesome God. You are powerful. Awesome God, you are worthy. Awesome God, you are light that no mind can comprehend. Awesome God, you are good. Awesome God, we love you. Awesome God. Hallelujah. 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 We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, I'm going to repeat this same thing that we repeat almost every week. But think about it when you're saying it. Amen? Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh Lord, my strength. You're my strength and you're my Redeemer. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen amen God bless you go in peace hallelujah enjoy the presence of God